Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. I only have one question. Do you think I deserve your full attention? That's what I like to hear. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to 90.3 WRST-FM Oshkosh. This is Script to Screen. I'm your host, Max, and joining me in the booth is Gideon. Hello. And today we're going to be talking about the new movie Midway, a World War II uh, story about the battle and all of the aspects that went into it because... And I, I kind of say all of the aspects because they focus on a lot of different people for this movie. That I just want to start out right away... If you're if you're expecting a very uh, focused focused one or two character centered story, you are not getting that with this. Um, yeah, wow. I I I think before this, my my example of a movie that kind of splits its focus a little too much was like the first Avengers movie. Kind of jumped all over the place with too many characters all at once. Oh, I did that makes that makes. But I think this one. Now makes I mean Avengers I, look like it's about one person. <laughs> if you're gonna take because Avengers, I'd say that Infinity War splits its focus more than the first Avengers does. But I think honestly, both of them are pretty effective in their own right. Like they they do the work that they need to do to make it mm-hmm. focused in. Like yeah, they, it's the focus on the team rather than the the individuals as they would be in their in their solo movies. But like in Midway, it's you don't really get a sense of the team. Yeah. It's more like. These oh. individual characters who are kind of just there, and, each, and everybody's they, like, doing they're something not, else. They're not. They're not differentiated from each other really at all. So they don't. They don't really exist as as their own entity. They're or even as as a whole. They just kind of are there. And I mean, Avengers and Infinity War, and I mean, Age of Ultron to a lesser extent, uh, all have these very distinct characters that you've gotten to know over the previous mm-hmm. films, and you know exactly who they are and why they make the decisions that they make and what they're there to do. Whereas with Midway. It's trying to kind of do the same structure as Avengers, where it's got these characters who are on their own separate missions, and they and they have these kind of like little skirmishes that lead into this big battle at the end. But it doesn't really work because we don't know. Not only do we have we not had had movies previously understanding who these characters are, this movie itself doesn't do the work of establishing who these characters are really. Yeah, no, it doesn't. Especially and since these are real life people who kind of like yeah. like should be paid respect and kind of. The, the storytelling work needs to be done to like show who they are and who they were and like and pay true respect to them. And I don't think this movie really does the work to do that. I just wish that they would have chose one or two of these people instead of uh, this big list that I have here. And I'm gonna I'm gonna name off. And I I'm I, I don't know all the names of the people. I kind of it was kind of like in one ear out the other as far as the names went. And by the end of this, you'll understand why I I, I don't have all these names memorized. But there was a. Uh, movie producer who was on midway uh you have two main pilots a mechanic uh a one of their gunners an intel officer um an in a guy working in the intelligence thing that's kind of like the top of his craft an admiral a commander do little a chinese teacher three separate japanese commanders or it's like a captain and like two commanders or whatever. Yeah. And then at least two wives of the main characters. And the wives look alike. The Japanese commanders kind of 
all looked like. I I was having a hard time keeping track of everybody for this. Yeah. Like the Chinese teacher, I was able to figure out. Like I I could recognize him because he had glasses and like you know they they had him kind of in his own separate thing. And with Doolittle, like that was in there for like four seconds. Like if you want to see something about that, there's a better movie about the Doolittle raids. Um, what was that called? Uh, was that Pearl Harbor? Wasn't that about? Do a little raids, doesn't that come out? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's I don't know. the Pearl Harbor movie because I believe the first first half is kind of about that, and then they the same pilots. Yeah, it's Pearl Harbor. So yeah, I mean they had so many people they were focusing on, and I'm sure I missed a few, and it's just ridiculous. Like, and and it was just so messy, and it jumps around all over the place, and you're wondering like, okay, why do I care about this person? What what do they do? Like, what's hat like? Typically, I can follow a movie pretty easily, and I mean, it wasn't impossible to stick with this, but I feel like I would have to like rewatch it to make sure I'm understanding who's who and doing what, and the pacing was just off, and at times, I thought the graphics looked kind of corny. Yeah, I mean, and, it doesn't have... I mean, you look at Dunkirk, something that gets oh, the yeah. actual planes, mm-hmm. and it's, it's set. Literally, they shot it on Dunkirk Beach, and they've got literally everything in the camera, and it all looks fantastic because, like, there's not, there's very minimal CGI happening. Yeah. It's probably only using CGI as it needs to enhance what's already in the camera. Mm-hmm. Whereas here, it feels like literally the entire frame is made up of CGI stuff. That Which and, just makes it, yeah. makes the experience... I mean, the the graphics looked better than I expected because I saw the previews for this and I was like, the graphics look pretty shaky, but I think that at that point, they're not quite finished. In the final movie, they don't look abjectly terrible but they do you know it's it's computer generated yeah, and, you can, you, and you can feel that and, and, the, and the movie itself doesn't feel as intense or as visceral as something like dunkirk because you know the stakes can't feel as high because you can't feel the actual things there yeah and i mean there was also a lot of guys who were overacting like you can tell um when they they just kind of i don't know they didn't didn't understand some subtlety like some people who are really experienced uh, I'm trying to think of the actor. He's from from the Watchmen movie in 2009. I can't think of anything else he's been in, but I know I've seen him in other things. He was the main the main intelligence officer guy at, at in Hawaii. You, you know who I'm talking about? Um, kind of a rounder face, had glasses, short hair. Oh, oh yeah. His name is what's his name? It's uh, I'm trying to think. He did great. Patrick Wilson, I think yeah. is his name. So he did. He was also he in great. Aquaman. <laughs> was he? Yeah. Oh yeah, he was. That's right. That's might have been one of the other places. Another movie that has a bunch of CGI nonsense. Yeah, but that one, that's a given. This one, there's a lot of scenes you could do, you know, kind of live action, and it would have been fine. But they decided to go with CGI. Um, But yeah, he he did fine. Um, Some of the bigger name actors did fine. But then the the guy who played. Dick Best, who is one of is like yeah, the main pilot. He's from. He, he was in Deadpool, I think. He was yeah, the, he was the bad guy. He played Deadpool. Ajax, and he. That's all he's really known for, I think. Yeah, he overacted way too much, oh, especially yeah, at the also, beginning. He was also in um, If Beale Street Could Talk, which is one of my favorite movies of 2018. Mm. Uh, right. But he plays the the police officer. That's a, that's a not a very nice police officer. Oh, but but you know what I'm talking about. Like he was overacting pretty hardcore in the first like act. Yeah, I mean and he's 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 trying to communicate this idea about his character that he's kind of hot headed and yeah, but I mean like the the accent he put on was really bad. And yeah, like I mean threw, it's threw me off it's pretty obvious. He, a lot of a lot about this movie is very obvious and but yeah. at the same time very muddled. I could, I could pull out scenes when there's a green screen or not. I could tell when actors were overacting. It just and it was just they couldn't figure out their pacing. They couldn't figure out what person they wanted to focus on. I just wish they would have chose like one or the other or. 
you know, if you're going to talk about the intelligence guys who are helping with the Battle of Midway, focus on that. If you're going to talk about the pilots, just focus on that. Yeah. If you're going to talk about the commanders or this Japanese commander or whatever, focus on them. Yeah. Don't focus on everybody. Heck, well, the, I would have loved to see a movie about the guy who was on the 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 director and cameraman on Midway who were shooting that thing. That was the most interesting part because that was kind of funny. And you know, he, he gets yeah. one dude gets like hit by some shrapnel, and he and he's the director. He's on the ground like keep shooting, keep shooting the film. Like you, yeah. he wants him to keep going. Well, the number one thing that I said about this walking out was that this should have been a TV series. Like it feels like a mini series. A ten episode miniseries that's that's crammed into two and a half yeah, hours yeah. long because it's got all these characters that it wants to deal with and it's got all these sort of skirmishes in a way it, 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 these sort of mini scenes uh, or shorts almost yeah. and it looks like it has the budget of a of a TV show not a yeah. movie too well and and it, and it tries to sort of develop these characters in in very short segments of the movie mm-hmm. uh, like there's a, there's a, there's a scene with with Dick Best and his kind of not protege, he meets this one guy who's like, "I'm not, I'm not good enough to be a pilot. I'm afraid, whatever." Oh yeah, I think and, he was the gunner. He was the and, gunner. But for he's it. not. No, no, the other guy. And oh they, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. And this yeah, is yeah. like he meets him, and then literally the scene, the whole scene happens, and then he's out of the movie after that point. Like you meet yeah, him at the, you meet him at the be, yep. you meet him at the beginning of the scene and he's gone by the end of the scene and he's not in it for the, like it's that's it mm-hmm. you don't see him any time before that it's like the yeah. weirdest thing and I felt a, like I should have known who he was that's, but then, that's a great microcosm for the entire movie because like yeah. the entire movie feels like that it's like these scenes that that exists in it, and of themselves rather than being part of a larger context yes and I think that that could work in a television series because it's sort of like. You're, you're able to flesh those out more and kind of make it an anthology series, maybe yeah. an anthology series about like all these yeah. different things that happened both during and maybe like it's a lot of stuff that happens around Midway. Mm-hmm. And so you could do an anthology series about kind of like all these different things that are happening in this same sort of yeah. time period and then have the last episode be maybe like a an hour long, an hour and a half long Finale. Uh, finale yeah, about the midway battle itself because I thought even the midway battle because you've got all this stuff lined up beforehand mm-hmm. you're never able to really flesh that battle out in a way that I feel satisfied yeah and I because felt- like if you look at something like Dunkirk yeah. or even Saving Private Ryan or really any great war movie you're gonna have these set pieces that are staged in a way that you have you understand where each side is. You know what they're trying to accomplish, mm-hmm. and it, and you're given enough time to watch it play out in real time. In this one, you don't. And in this one, you don't. They're, and I, yeah, and it's like I they're think, flying here. Now they're and here, then it's, it and then jumps they're there. A, it jumps around in time a lot. Ugh. And I think it's it's a it is a it's not necessarily a pet peeve. It's like I like it when a movie is able to exist in real time. There's something about that I that I find very visceral and 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 attractive in a movie. And I think. It's not necessarily a bad thing when a movie can't do that. And I think there are certain movies that have to do that. It's just part of the... But I think it's inherent to the action genre that when it is able to sort of do this thing where it exists in real time and you can see the linear flow of action that really lends a lot to it. And I think that's essential to an action movie. But that's something that Midway sorely lacks. Yeah. Uh, This movie is lacking in a lot of ways. I think, yeah, a lack of true focus i think if they could have done this movie in so many different on from so many different angles but they should have just chose one and stuck with it not go through you know 10 different people's views of this and then you throw in a couple up more and it it just feels like they just 
couldn't figure out what kind of story they wanted. And like you said, if it if it was a TV show, you know, and they had, if they had like better. 13 hours I mean, it's to like, tell the like, story, they could have done it. Like I've compared the, the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, to a TV show several times because it kind of functions structurally in a very similar way because it, it has these, these quote-unquote build-up episodes like Iron Man, Thor, Captain America, the the first the first Avenger, and then the Incredible Hulk all kind of like function as their own episodes. And then mm -hmm. maybe like the first Avengers movie is uh, the finale of that first season. Yeah. So it's got this, it's got a very episodic structure to it. And then like, and then Avengers Endgame is like the series finale of, of all mm -hmm. of these things coming together and, and being in this big climactic thing with Avengers Endgame being like, here we go. This is what we've been leading up to for this entire time. Yep. But with something like Midway, you don't really have the the time to develop that. And even in the time that they're given, they don't develop really that much anyways. Yeah. But I, yeah, I mean, I would, I don't want to sound like I hated this movie because I, I, per, I don't know about you, but I didn't hate this movie. Like I enjoyed a lot of it, even though while I, I saw a lot of these very glaring structural flaws and even flaws in like the surface of it as far as the action goes. But I think they do pull off some semblance of excitement and, and proficiency in action and, like it's not it's not anything special, but I think the the sequences individually, even though they don't necessarily fit into the f into the hole and they do jump around a lot, I think some sequences do kind of create excitement and kind of work at in and of themselves, and and that's and I think that might be partially just because it's working in the the war genre, and I think the war genre is something that I enjoy so much, and there's just some something inherent to the genre as far as like I don't know. It's almost a sentimental sort of thing, like you know what I mean, like how, especially what they, like what they do at the end with honoring the soldiers, the real life salt heroes. Yeah, well, they and, t they tell the story, but I mean that that's fine, but I don't know. I I feel bad for any veteran who goes to see this who expects expects a better movie than this because I don't think they got it. I mean, there were a few in in my theater. I'm like, oh, I hope I hope they're not like bummed out that this movie was this quality. I. I was I was really disappointed, and you know what? It's funny. There there were some there was an actor in this that I I really like from Vikings. Um, he was the he was Dick Best's friend from their from their academy who gets burnt. To, or are you like oh, he, yeah, it, yeah. on the Arizona? Um, oh, what's his name? He he's from well he's he's in Hunger Games. He's in a whole bunch, but he he is in Vikings mostly as Ragnar's son and. Um, I was like shocked that he was in it because I hadn't seen him in any advertisements. He's a fairly big actor right now, and and then he's like there for five seconds and he's gone. And then same with the other guy who he was like, you know, kind of saved on the Arizona, who's there for five seconds and gone. And like that's that is that that's how this whole movie goes. Talk about this person, they're there, okay, they're seeing us up. All right, next guy. Like it feels like oh. it's trying to be an anthology movie, honestly. Yeah, and I think but them, it has too much. At the same time, it has too much connective tissue between. It wastes a lot of time on the connective tissue between these different different scenes. You know what I mean? Like it could have been effective as an anthology movie if they had had just these sort of action sequences uh, and kind of flesh those out more and kind of get rid of the the tissue in between where it's like you know Patrick Wilson going and talking to the Japanese and then and then Woody Harrelson going and talking to the Japanese and then mm -hmm. everyone going and talking to Japanese. Like there's a lot of that happening. <laughs> And, and I think and, if you cut that out, yeah. you might have an effective anthology movie, honestly. And you could have cut a lot of the stuff with them and their wives, like, at least. Yeah, um, I mean, that's something that, that Dunkirk doesn't do, which is tie 
that people a lot, some people that's a complaint with the movie in some people's eyes is that they don't tie the characters back to their original lives like you don't know who they are and in their original lives outside of the world but i think that's what makes dunkirk great to me and immerses because you. it's it well first of all it's immersive but it, it allows action to be character mad mm-hmm. max Fury road is another movie that does this very well yeah the actions that the characters take are all that you know about who they are but, and it allows their actions to stand to stand in and like shape them out and so like you see the 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 main character in dunkirk i don't know if he he's named briefly but you see what he does and you see how he's he he his arc along that movie going from like cowardice to sort of being more brave and then like realizing his place in the war and sort of the way that he has to come come to terms with his, with mm-hmm. how he exists in this very brutal environment and you see him do that by the literal actions that he takes he doesn't tell anyone you don't see he doesn't mm-hmm. he never talks about it he never says oh i'm scared right now mm-hmm. or oh i don't want to do this right now or oh i don't feel important i don't think that my actions are important to the outcome of this war like you don't see him saying that but you know that he's feeling that and you know that that's who he is inside because of the actions that he takes in midway, midway and in a lot yeah. of other action movies you or uh, movies in general people say exactly how they're feeling rather than allowing their actions to speak for who they are yeah and this movie yeah definitely has that and oh it was it was just a mess and i you know even the cg was bad there were some scenes that it was like really bad did you notice when the dude right after the arizona goes down guy climbs up onto the other boat the guy that Right, uh, oh yeah, it like and the his fire, fire looks, the on his fire pants so bad. Yeah, that was one of the worst CG I think I've ever seen in a big movie. I was like, "Are you kidding me?" That was like you couldn't just literally put his leg in like a fireproof thing and just throw a match to it for two seconds. Like you had to go CG with that, and and it looked like that was the final cut CG you guys did. Like that's that was just bad. It was there was so much wrong with this. I think the acting was way too overdone overacting uh, except for a few key people uh the cg was not good the story just felt like it was half-baked they they have lack of focus they jump around like i why did they need to throw the doolittle raids in there like you know all of a sudden it's just happening and then it happens and then they like go back to that i will give them credit they did show off some of the stuff that the japanese were doing to the chinese they talked about that a little bit and showed them just like randomly bombing Chinese people because yeah, right around that time that was when Japan like conquered China, almost all of it, and like they were killing hundreds of thousands of people. It was like some of the worst war crimes of World War Two were, yeah. were, or I guess just pre World War Two, um, were committed by them. And you know, they I was amazed they showed that because most time most times in a World War Two movie, especially ones focusing in the Pacific, they never show that. So I will give them credit. They they. They did put that kind of out on the big screen in some way, shape, or form. But other than that, I mean, I don't know. This it wasn't that entertaining. You only see those those dive bombers that they that that did. The dive, best flies. I thought the dive bombing sequences were 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 pretty cool. Like they're not they're not they're not obviously anything groundbreaking or anything super special. But I I did I did enjoy kind of the they do manage to squeeze some tension out of that. I yeah, dude. There there was like nothing I was super enjoying about this like dudes dudes flying around yeah i get it it's he's like a really good pilot dick best is a really good pilot he's flying around over, and over that and he island says that he's a really good pilot he's yeah. like i'm a good pilot yeah and he's, i'm a hothead he's and flying it's, like, it's, he's, it's very obvious yeah he's flying and then his gunner takes down two zeros who have him in a, like 
50, 50 meters away? Like, come on. The the two zeros would have taken out his his plane like that. There's I don't know. There was a lot that just looked bad about this. I mean Well as far yeah, even the dog the dog fight specifically. Dog fights felt terrible. Dog like, fights Dunkirk. are not I well I was gonna say like Dunkirk. I'm trying to think of other examples, but like No, Dunkirk, Dunkirk has like, the best Dunkirk dog fights. has the best dog fights, really. It it is the most accurate. It looks I mean, amazing. It's it you sounds understand right. where they are. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like when Tom Hardy is flying that plane, you know yeah. who he where he is and you know what he needs to do to take these these Germans out. Mm-hmm. Even Red Tails was better than this. And you see that I haven't seen Red Tails. You, but you see that you see the the Germans come in, and you know, like they because they're actually up in the air mm-hmm. because they're flying real planes. You know exactly where they are in relation to each other, yeah. and that allows for a fantastic action sequence. Whereas here, it's just kind of like random. And they're flying as close to each other as they would have been in World War One, and with World War Two planes, that didn't happen nearly as much. Like you, Even, well, you look at Dunkirk the way that they do it. They're you know they're a couple hundred, like a hundred meters or so or more away from each other yeah. to, when they're firing their guns and they only do it, you know, for a brief time. Top gun. Only, top only gun when, is one. Top, yeah. But okay. Where that's they a, use real planes. Yeah. And that helps so much. But, but I was just thinking about, about movies that use CG dogfights and I was just thinking like well, Star Wars. Red, well, Star Wars has CG dogfights basically. Yeah. And, and they're great. They are great. Um, Compa- Star especially Wars compared is a little to tough. Star Wars is a little tough. Because are you referring you to like can't... original trilogy or are you talking like episode three and two? I'm talking about like honestly all like even the Force Awakens especially, but like three has some. I think three ha- the entire opening that the opening, is one of yeah, the best. It's one of the best. Actually, I argue the best Star Wars opening. But I'm thinking of like um, in, Ep- in Force Awakens when they're on uh, on Star Killer Base. No, on on Maz's planet mm. and. And you see this all happen from the, from the ground from Finn's perspective. But Poe flies in and takes out like eight 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 yeah. Tie fighters all in one take. Yeah, and they follow him do it, and you see it. And the thing is, you see it happen. Yeah, you do. You watch it happen, which is which is like the I think the the key to a great fight is because you see him you see him do it, and you see the him take that action. Oh, and here's one more th- issue with that. You just you just made me think of another issue I have with Force Awakens because those ties are taken. He's taken out. Does have uh, shields? They shouldn't be going down in like one shot from him. But, um. <laughs> anyways, I digress because that'll be a the talk for another day. But uh, yeah, no, the dog fighting in this was really corny. I mean, half the time when they're fighting, I mean, they're showing like that the cockpit is open and they're up maybe like you know ten thousand feet or something, and it's like, well, he doesn't his his mat his his his, mask mat, his oxygen mask breaks and starts putting in like toxic something yeah the the oxy, it, the mix that he had his mix is not good yeah it, it gave him a it, i guess that's a real thing that happened yeah quite often which is it's sad but i but I, it's just like they always had like those cockpit opens and cockpit open and it doesn't look like they're going 300 miles an hour because the wind it mm. doesn't seem like there's any wind around them it doesn't look like they're feeling it you know it just that was one thing that kind of broke my broke my suspension of disbelief. Suspension of disbelief. It just yeah, I, I so didn't know that, but I think this. I think the biggest thing is that is watching it play out in real time. At least for me, because when you watch something play out in real time and you and you watch it happen and you have gr- good uh, production design and you have and you pl- and like blocking with the like large scale blocking, obviously, but you have and it allows for an action scene to feel natural and to feel like it's actually happening and and it allows you to 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 be invested in the characters and it just doesn't happen in here because they cut around so much mm. and it's not just like editing 
like cut up and it's like edit, 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 one after the other, something like something like the Bourne movies. Where, but in the Bourne movies, you you see, you still see what's happening. Like they're they're still doing things here. It's like editing, and they're not nothing's really happening. Yeah, it it doesn't allow it. It's just not it doesn't allow for a great action scene. One thing that I noticed here is the best looking scenes tended to be the ones that were advertised. Like they just, they, you can tell like there is, it, it feels like there's a budgetary difference in certain scenes than others. Hmm. I don't know if, like when they start out with the Doolittle Raids, there's like a really cinematic opening to that. And then that was part of the stuff that they showed for the trailers. And then, I don't know, just, it, it was, this movie is just inconsistent in so many ways. Ugh. Yeah, I don't know. If you want to see a good World War II movie about pilots and stuff, either watch go watch Pearl Harbor or go watch Red Tails. Red Tails is decent. I mean, it's not like the best thing George Lucas has ever put out, but it's it's good. Um, it shows the European uh, stuff with the Tuskegee Airmen, not Pacific, but either way, it's fun to watch, and they show the German jets off a little bit in that. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I think... I think... If you're gonna watch a war movie this year in the theaters, wait for 1917. Yeah, that's gonna be the one to see. I think that's gonna be the next World War Dunkirk. One. But I mean, World War One, I, I think, is totally under under uh, shown. Yeah, they're in, not. There are not many World War One movies. Yeah, like and it, you know, piloting ones like Flyboys is the only one that comes to mind. If in in the last like 20 years, I can't think of any other ones. And that one has James Franco in it, and it's not a lot of people don't like it very much, and it's okay. Yeah, 1917 actually just screened in New York, I think, over today on Saturday. And, mm-hmm. like, the reactions coming from it are insane. A lot of people are loving it. Yeah. You tend to check that out. and I, I, It looks great, and I'm I'm very, very, very well, excited that, for it. And that brings us back to the idea of time, because 1917 plays out in one continuous shot. Mm-hmm. Although, I mean, the, the edits are hidden, like something like Birdman or, or Rope, where, you're, where you where you can't, uh, yeah, they it, don't show it. It's not actually literally taking place in one continuous take. They, they have several takes, but it That looks, would be impressive, though, it, huh? <laughs> right, yeah. But it looks like it's taking place in one continuous take. And I think that seems like just inherently has to it this, this idea that's going to be a great action, action movie because it's going to allow these things events to take place in real time and when you watch something take out in real time it just brings this journey indescribable quality to it that like makes it engrossing and and visceral and you feel like you're a part of it and you feel like you're a part of it and i'm and dunkirk did that without obviously having one continuous take but and and even but the idea of time is very integral to dunkirk and it's and its themes and it and it it's reflected in even its its very action sequences i think you know it'd be really funny if somebody like uh, edited Dunkirk so that it was in chronological stuff. Like it was in total chronological order. And then when there are overlapping scenes from two different views, they just like split screen it <laughs> and they have them play at the same time, timed up. Like, I think that would be kind of funny if somebody did that to that whole movie. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like that edit's got to be out there somewhere, but if somebody took the time to make that, that would be great. Um, just, just to mess around with it a little. But I, 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 yeah, I love Dunkirk. I think that's probably one of the best, if not the best, World War, World War Two act uh, movie ever made. We haven't done that yet. I don't think that's one movie that we do pretty much agree on. Yeah, wholeheartedly. It's, I mean, I haven't seen it since I saw it in the theaters. Honestly, yep. most. I mean, I bought it on Blu-ray, but I just don't want to watch it again because, like, I the the theater experience with that movie is, I think, also 
integral to its its enjoyment because yes. it's it's so much about the the hugeness of it and and even the sound of it too. Like that's you have to. I feel like you have you to just, see it in that environment in that in like the precision of you, you gotta of have the big surround screen. sound. You gotta have surround sound minimum for that yeah. movie. You gotta do that. And if you got surround sound, you're cranking it. I don't care if your neighbors complain. I don't care if you're in an apartment. You're cranking that at least for that first act when those Stukas are doing dive bombs oh on them gosh, on the beach. Oh my gosh, it's so excellent. In man. the theater, that was the most intense experience I've ever had in front of the silver screen. I could not believe it. Yeah, it's it blew, you, it blew my mind. Your seats are shaking. It blew your my mind, seats yeah. are shaking. You feel it because the Stukas going, sound real. They well, they're that yeah, loud. They're dude, so loud. They feel real. There, I can't remember what's that, what that term is called for that because they have like a. a a divot under their plane that actually causes that right, noise. Right, yeah, yeah. No, it's like intentional. Like, it's not it's, part of the yeah, plane if like, they didn't put it in there on purpose. I, I don't know what it's, it's called. It's a term now. like war horn or something like that where it's just a part of it. Um, Corsairs have something similar, but theirs causes a whistle. Hmm. That's why Corsairs are called Whistling Death. <laughs> that was one of their nicknames, and I love that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that was one thing that bummed me, about, bummed me out about Midway. I didn't see one Corsair on any of those carriers that they show. They only showed those those dive bombers. And I, I'm mad at myself. I can't even think of what those are called. If it was like five or six years ago, back when I used to play a video game called Heroes of the Pacific, I could have told you. But um, uh, yeah, they didn't show one Corsair. You didn't see anything other than those and the the bombers that, the, that they use for the Doolittle raid. And then you see Zeros, you know, Mitsubishi Zeros. And, mm-hmm. that, and that's it. I mean, it's like th- this was a, I don't know. They, they, I feel like they could have handled this movie a lot better. It starts out okay, I guess, because they, they are kind of focused, but I felt like with time, it just spread out and rooted, you know? <laughs> like, it just kept going to it more kept, It kept angles. trying to focus on more and more different things. Yeah. Like, after, everything after you see the actual fight at Pearl Harbor, it kind of just goes downhill from there. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, it just keeps diverting its focus over and over and over again. It uh, starts as, out as real opposed cool, to something but... like the first Avengers movie, which mm-hmm. has a diverted focus at the beginning, but and it becomes it more and up. more focuses towards the end. Yes, like it's got several different, like it's it's spread out at the end, and its whole the whole purpose of the movie is to find the focus, and like you yep. see them come together by the end. Whereas this, it's like weirdly disjointed. Mm-hmm. Like even like you'd think at the at the the midway battle, so the midway battle, the actual midway battle happens at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. So you'd think well, the, the naval battle because the the well the naval battle and the one over the island too a little bit but they barely show the one over the actual yeah, island. Yeah, that is true. They I they did see that did seem to be very short to me. But like both those because I maybe it's just because of the nature of the true story but like they they both are they, they don't come together at the end. Yeah. Like it's still just as disjointed at the end as they were at the beginning. Whereas something with the Avengers where you have this very thing that's integral to the structure of they have to come together mm-hmm. and that's the point of the movie. And so that 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 allows that focus to be there. Whereas it here, like I feel like that structural element is missing where it's it's disjoint they're just dis, the characters are disjointed throughout the entire thing. Yeah. And I think that might have that, that might part of that might just be like the actual true story. Uh and that's kind of the way you what you have to deal with. But I feel like if that's the true story, they, then either A, don't tell the true story or B, tell it, tell it in a fictionalized way. I don't know how I'm you do t- that. I'm trying to remember exactly how the actual battle or just on cut the parts island. Out. I don't know. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like think about the thing with the 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 movie guy on Midway. After yeah. after that one scene where he's like, keep shooting, keep shooting. Do you ever see him again? No. I don't think so. He's no. literally in it he's for two a one scenes. Scene. Yeah. Two scenes. He's in there for two scenes, and it's like, okay, why did we show this guy if you're only going to show him for two scenes? 
Why do we show this person if you're only going to have him in for... But I mean, he gets, for... he gets pretty much just as much screen time as Woody Harrelson does, for crying out loud. Yeah, that... Well, no, Woody Harrelson gets a lot more, but... I get what I mean, I'm, I get the I'm point exaggerating, I get but the that, point you're trying yeah, to make. Yeah, you understand what I mean. Yeah. No, every, I mean, it feels that way for everybody except for the one main pilot, his other pilot that kind of is like his his buddy, his frenemy, and, yeah. then, mm-hmm. and then, you know, the intelligence Luke people. Evans. Yeah, and the... Luke the, Evans character. Yeah. So I don't know. This was just messy. And I mean, if I if I'm remembering correctly, the Japanese it did invade the actual island, and I think they did take it over. At that same I, I tell you. time, I'm pretty sure they did. I might be wrong. If you Google the Battle of Midway, it it, it would pull it up. Gosh, I'm trying to remember. I should have I should have read up on it. But if if I'm not mistaken, this is just off my memory. So sorry if I am wrong. Uh, I, th- I I'm pretty sure that the Japanese did get the island at the end of that. But the big thing about that was the naval battle because we took out three of their carriers, which is huge. Mm-hmm. It was like, I mean, that like, <laughs> that just should never happen. If, if, I mean, yeah. it's just un- unbelievably good military strategizing and bad strategizing on the Japanese part. It yeah. Really, yeah. Well, it, anyways, let's get into scores. Yeah, let's do it. So first impression, what do you got? Mm, was not impressed. <laughs> uh, yeah, like probably the worst World War II movie I've ever seen. I don't know. Um wasn't terrible, but it wasn't great. It wasn't even neutral. I would say I came out of that like really disappointed. I would say four. Okay. Um, I think this is like a five for me. Mm. I came out thinking it was okay. I think I like the I really like the part at the end where they pay 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 uh honor to the yeah. to the to the real life heroes. And I think that just I, kind of... I'll give them credit. They they did nail the look of these guys with who they chose. I think yeah. because they show the real life pictures They show of them. The, the real life pictures yeah. and then the pictures of the actors also. And like, it's kind of, it's basically towards the credits. Yeah. Is that, it's not well, part of the credits? They'll do a brief scene with the guy who played them and they're finishing up and it's like weird, like, I don't know. Isn't that epilogue is at the end or is that prologue? I, I can't remember. I Whatever the, that, like, they'll they'll start with the credits and then all of a sudden the credits will stop and it goes to, like, a final scene with that person. And then they'll do something that freeze frames, goes black and white, yeah. and then it right. shows the person. It's 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 so, it's kind of weird, but I, I did enjoy that part of it. Yeah. I don't know. It just executed. It was executed weird because all of a sudden his credits start and then there was, like, one more scene with, with Dick Best and his other yeah. guy. And it just was odd. I don't know. I thought that was weird pacing there too, but okay. So a five for first impressions for you? Yeah, I mean, because I I think five is, it's not high for me, but it's like in right on the edge of okay, mm. which means usually somewhat enjoyable for me. I think if you rewatch it, you'll see more of the stuff I'm talking about. Well, like, I see what you're talking about. I just I think I I just enjoyed it on the surface somewhat, mm. but I think as far as structurally, uh, I think it's pretty much a mess. Yeah. All right, next category. And, and even as far as like what the movie's saying and its and its overall purpose, that's something that I haven't talked about yet, and that's something that I usually do like to talk about. This this movie, but I think it doesn't it doesn't doesn't really have the same sort of central theme or idea running through it that you that you'd like in something like Saving Private Ryan or Dunkirk. It also had a weird which conflict which, of interest as far as whether or not like the Japanese are to be portrayed as good or bad in this. I did kind of like that. I think they do kind of, it's not necessarily sympathetic towards them, but it is, um, I don't know, how would you say it? It's, it shows their perspective. Gives an individual a fair shot rather than 
generalizing them as the whole group. Yeah, it's not like Japanese are bad and you and you yeah. don't see any of like it shows the care like the actual people from the Japanese side mm-hmm. and kind of what they were thinking in the moment rather than just kind of characterizing them as as bad as a whole, which it which I did it was one big aspect of this that I liked. Wasn't it like Admiral Yamamoto or something like that? That was like the one guy that the the Intel dude knew from nineteen thirty seven when he was there. Yeah. And then he was the one they kind of showed like being smart and knowing that they kind of messed up when they attacked right, Pearl Harbor yeah. and didn't go after the carriers instead. And mm-hmm. he knew, he kind of figured that out. And they kind of sh- talked about him and he was, I guess, shot down in like 1943. On, oh. He was being transported somewhere and he was shot down by U.S. forces. And But but yeah, so they kind of show him a little bit as like a, a, a I guess, an honorable guy from the Japanese side. But then... Later on, they also talked about like the two hundred and fifty thousand civilians that the Japanese killed just for yeah. assisting with the Doolittle yeah. raid. Mm-hmm. You know, because when when uh, I, I don't know what his rank is or first name, but I know this guy's last name. Uh, he uh, after they after they bombed Tokyo briefly, um, they had to fly over to the to China and they crashed and the guy you know came across some Chinese people and they helped him get back to the U.S. forces. And they killed them all. And yeah, and the J- Japanese, as retaliatory actions for that, killed 250,000 c- Chinese civilians. You know, it's it's bad, man. They they did a, they killed a ton of Chinese people. It, it's, it's, that's one thing that nobody really focuses on when they talk about World War II is, is all the Japanese-Chinese relations just before uh, U.S. involvement. Yeah. Uh, okay, sorry. Next category. Uh, next category is story. Oh, um, it would be great if they just figured out which one they want to tell. Yeah. Honestly, just, they could have done this movie in like five different ways that they started. It's just, just pick one. I mean, this feels like a lot of Roland Emmerich movies that I've seen. We haven't really talked about him at all, but. What are, what are some of his other movies? Uh, he did Independence Day. He did The Day After Tomorrow, I think. Uh, he did... So this one should have been called just Midday. He did the 98 <laughs> Godzilla movie. Uh, he did the Independence Day sequel. Well, I was, mean, if you do one, you gotta do the other. Keep yeah. It, keep which, it consistent. I yeah, mean, the, the Independence Day sequel was not... Yeah. He did 2012. <laughs> um, oh, God. He's, he's known Wait, so for... so which Godzilla he, did he do? The 98 one. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. he's, he's known for, I think, disaster movies. I think that's kind of his, his... Well, this movie was a disaster. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but... I'm sorry. But I think said. he kind of directs, he kind of directs this like a disaster movie. You know what I mean? Like, he kind of focuses on all these different perspectives as they, as they deal with this one event, this one huge event, which is kind of the way that he would direct other disaster movies, honestly. And it doesn't really work in this, in, in the war genre. He, he seems to be trying to to take the disaster movie genre and the kind of the way he uses it. And I, I don't really, I mean, Independence Day is okay. He, Independence he, Day 2 is not. He must like but, Woody Harrelson, by the way, because Woody Harrelson was in 2012. <laughs> oh, I, he, I haven't even seen 2012. You haven't? No. Don't, don't watch it. Well, yeah. I, I, it's, <laughs> but I mean, like he's taking, he's taking those sensibilities that he, he used in, in these disaster movies and then applying them to a war movie. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think that translates very well. Also, and I, I'm not, that might not necessarily be what he's doing, but it kind of feels like it. Like, a, this feels like a disaster movie in a lot of ways. Yeah. And, and a disaster I feel as like, a movie. I feel like they even do the piloting better in Independence Day than they do in this. Honestly. <laughs> like, yeah, it, I mean, when when you've got um, Will Smith 
and and you've got uh, Bill Pullman, and you've got Jeff Goldblum, and you've got Randy Quaid. Randy Quaid, the man. Randy Quaid. He saved us all. Saved us all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. For the longest time, whenever I would come back to somebody I'm, like, messaging on Twitter, I would just drop that. I would just send them the, the shot of his face when he's like, hello, boys. Hello, I'm boys. back. <laughs> and, he's, and it's, like, blue light on his eyes. And he's, like, going crazy. Yeah. I would always drop that and just be like, I'm back. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, it's, yeah, it's so I feel this is just another funny tie to Independence Day. Independence Day kind of I, I always think of like the worst thing about it was the, the animations they did for like fire and explosions in, in that, Independence Day in Independence Day. I thought that trust me, the effects in Independence Day are, are certain effects solid. Are, certain effects are great. But like when Especially the big battleship, when the battleship yeah. is going down over over Nevada or wherever they are in the desert, it, the, the fire animation is terrible but like the the white house explosion not, and all not, that stuff I'm is not, like top i'm not notch. talking about those no ones, right I, but, I get you i get you but there are certain ones in that that look really cheesy and mm. did not age well and it just makes me think of the fire on the one guy's suit the fire on the one guy's suit uh, when he's getting bad, pulled yeah. when he's getting pulled up like the dude kind of has a thing for really bad fire animation <laughs> so i don't know it's just another little tie in there that's that's hilarious um yeah, I mean, it, fire's not not easy to animate. No, it's not. But but I, it, I think the at, best the best CG fire is stuff where like they do practical fire and then like enhance it with CGI. Yeah, but all they would like, have had to do different. Do I mean actually like, actually yeah. set something on fire and then yeah. yeah for two. I mean, it's literally Rather like a fire simulation ankle high. To yeah, kind of make look right. Yeah, it, all they had to do was light it, light a little bit of his pants leg on fire, and they could have literally done the scene the exact same as they did. It wasn't like he was running around on fire, you know. I don't know. They, this movie. Yeah, so, so I'm sorry. What do you got for score for story? Story, uh, again, a uh, four because four. it's it's not terrible if you look at it from one aspect or the other. But right, the like fact the, that the they micro, didn't the choose. micro, yep, like the micro story story elements, like the, the yep. in, in individual scenes, sort of work. Mm-hmm. Like that scene where with with the we've talked about this before, but I think the the Joe jo, the not is it is it Nick Jonas? I think it's Nick yeah, Jonas. Yeah, Nick Jonas. He's Nick the Jonas. Mechanic. His scene, his scene with the with the with the gun when he guns down the plane. Like yeah, that, cool. That's a, that's a great scene, but it's like literally one to two minutes long, and he his character kind of and it, well even his later his last scene is also a pretty good scene. Mm-hmm. It's just like his character is so not involved for most of the movie that it's hard to. He he does his best to make you care about it, and as far as but as far as like the way that movie fits into the into the whole structurally, it's just so weird. Like even though on the micro level, he's he's he, these these scenes are competent. Yeah, and he did fine. I was surprised how I mean like he. I mean compare that to Harry Styles in Dunkirk, honestly. <laughs> I mean Harry Styles in Dunkirk, I think is better, but whatever. Uh, I'm I'm just saying like as far as pop stars turned actors, yeah. I mean. But I mean he just he did he showed up. He acted well. Well, yeah. He didn't overact. He didn't He's, underact. Yeah. He did, I think, exactly what I, what I would expect from somebody. And I don't think I could have done better than him. So I, I'm, yeah. I was, just, I was, just, I was not sure what kind of performance I would get from him. But he definitely was not one of the people who was overacting. I think he did fine. 
Yeah, I think I I honestly I cared more about his character than the Ed Screen character, uh, Dick Best. Yeah. Well, that's that's not entirely true. I did care about Dick Best at some points, but like I I don't care about him for the entire thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And because because especially the parts where he is overacting and his character is very obvious, but there are certain points where I do care about him, especially especially when he's like relating to the other the other pilots. I really enjoyed that stuff mm-hmm. because you see it, it, it humanizes him in a way. It shows him as a leader rather than as a hot shot, and I like that part of it more. And I, obviously that's his character arc, but I think. I do enjoy those parts with him, and I think you could do it do this differently, where you kind of care about him. Especially, I think maybe it just boils down to him not overacting. But just, I feel like there's this rule where like make your movie about the most interesting character. Yeah, and, and well, I think Nick Jonas is the is probably the most interesting character that I saw here. I thought it was the it was the movie producer. <laughs> yeah, honestly, like I wanted to know his story you more than anybody story? else's because he was funny and he got on there, and then the action starts. And he's filming it. I'm like. Yeah, get that footage, man. Keep going. Like, keep it going. I want to see what that ended up as. And yeah. they don't even show it. There was no payoff with that guy. Well, right, but that and, shows the point of my of my point is that like it's they're not they're not focusing on their most interesting character. Yeah. They're focusing on someone who could possibly be a background character, especially mm-hmm. in a TV show. He could have his own his own episode or part of an episode, whatever. Yeah, absolutely. But I feel like there are other characters. Even the even the Aaron Eckhart character, the Doolittle character. Yeah. Uh, he's which, very interesting. Great, and he yeah. and once he but one like he he did fine. Right, and Aaron Eckhart's a great actor. You've seen mm-hmm. him in other stuff like The Dark Knight or whatever. And Battlefield uh, Earth, right? Or what is that one? No, not Battlefield Earth. Um, there was one he did in like 2012 that was like an alien invasion one. Battle Los Angeles. He's in that. Right after he did Dark Knight, he was in Battle Los Angeles. Hmm. I don't know. Uh, but I mean, he 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 does a great job here, and his character is fascinating because he, especially as he relates, like you yeah, could well, do an entire movie on his relationship with those Chinese people who he lands with. Like I yeah. was riveted by that. You know, when he lands, when mm-hmm. he gets shot down, and then lands there, and kind of has to has to interact with those. That stuff that was, was great, fascinating. I loved that scene. Yep, no no issues with that. Because but, what, yeah. but it just it's just such a small section of the movie. Yeah. But like you could expand that, and I I wanted to see so much more of that, and like you could you could focus. Go, in on, go on watch the, Pearl Harbor. You want to see the Doolittle Raids and more on that stuff? Go watch Pearl Harbor. Okay? that That's the movie you should go see. That's a good war movie that actually talks about those specifically. Yeah, I mean, but... And but, also has a cooler cooler scene. Well, actually, I don't know. Both This one was a pretty decent Pearl Harbor battle scene. I will give it that. I kind of almost liked this one's more than... Uh, more than the movie Pearl Harbor's one because that one shows it's a little different and they actually get like some... The main pilot characters get off the ground in their own planes and actually quick get like a, a kill or two in in a, do- in a brief dogfight. I'm like, come on. No. No, they didn't. No, um, I mean. So for my score for story, though, yeah. I think I'm going to also give this a four. Okay. Because uh, I think the story is slightly less than the than my overall impression of it There, because there's other surface things that are that are working as far as that. Uh, well, I mean, honestly, it might. Like I said, those those micro story elements really do work very well. Yeah, but you got to look at this whole movie as a, as a thing, and I think the story of the whole movie wasn't executed because they just kept jumping around and they couldn't figure out what they wanted. If I took this bit by bit, yeah, it would probably be a little bit higher. But you got to tell me which bit and how do I think about this and that and that. You know, that's why I think it's a four. Yeah, I think four is fair. Okay, what's our next category? Then? Next category is acting. Hmm. Five. Five because... Really? I thought you would put it lower than that, honestly. Well, oh. there was, like, who's... Okay, give me the name again, the guy who plays Dick Best. What's his name? Uh, Ed Screen. Ed Screen. 
he overacts like crazy for two thirds of this movie. I think. Yeah. Everybody else seemed okay. I mean, maybe a little, little bland at times, but it wasn't like bad. I don't know. I mean, the the big name actors, the guy who plays Harvey Dent, uh, Woody Harrelson, the other guy who's the intel officer. There's all a those lot guys, of big name actors. There, in this. there are. Uh, what's and oh, what's the other guy who's the com- the commander who gets shingles? What's his name? Um, that's that's Dennis Quaid. Dennis Quaid. Okay, so all those guys. Great, huge name actors that have very they, you can tell that roles. they're yeah, and and they do they do really well. Well, but, right, but, and they do well because they're great big name actors. Yeah, exactly. They know what they're doing. They're they're experienced in their craft. And I mean, not to say the the other guy isn't, but it's just there was some some acting that was just falling flat. And okay, and, so I I, I just know, reala- I just realized this just now, but the filmmaker that's on the island is John Ford. <laughs> John Ford. Yeah. Nice. Which is, I mean, you could do a whole movie on that and do make yeah. it sort of a metatextual thing about kind of his, him and his interactions with absolutely with the war and like, I mean, compare that to Searchers or Stagecoach or The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance. I mean, he's made a lot of great movies. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think I think a five because there was just there was good acting and there was bad acting and there was flat acting and there was what I would expect acting. So I think a five is right there down the middle. Yeah, I That's, pretty much agree with that. I don't. Yeah. We don't need to spend more, more time on that. Okay. Um, look and feel. <sighs> Not good. Um, I think something. Five. That, yeah. Okay. I think there's something. Something that's really lacking in this movie is a, is a is a great score, and I think a great score can be effective in sort mm-hmm. of. A lot of different ways in a war movie, but you look at something like Dunkirk, where it builds the the clock element into into Hans Zimmer's score, yeah, and like the ticking clock, and that's first of all, it just builds excitement and tension within the actual movie, but it also is integral to the theme of the movie again, like uh, and the the ticking clock and kind of the, how that relates to they need to get off the beach in enough time to 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 escape, and the escape is sort of the way that they're going to win rather than actually defeating them directly like it's it's just such a it's such a brilliant way to introduce the theme into like literally the most smallest elements of the production but i think here like there's nothing notable that i can say about the score i didn't i couldn't tell you one thing about it because it's just so unmemorable whatever whatever it was there i I don't really it wasn't it wasn't terrible like it didn't stand out but it wasn't great yeah and i yeah so i don't No, and the looks graphics definitely could have been better at times it felt a little corny Times have felt fine. You know, they did some things that were good and some things that were terrible. Sometimes I could absolutely tell it was a green screen behind him. And I don't know. Yeah. What did I say? A f- you said five, five. I, think. I think I'll get a five also. I mean, yeah. Maybe a four. There's really yeah. nothing special about this. I mean, the it's, only thing is there's some scenes that kind of look decent, but other times. That's, I, I take it back. Five five or six. Uh, there, There's some good cinematography happening, like especially the establishing shots. The establishing, establishing shots, shots in this good. look really solid because there's not anything like completely insane happening on the screen. Like there's so much there's so much busyness happening once the action start, scenes start happening. And it's and it's busyness that doesn't look super great because it's it's just cluttered with with CG. Yeah. Whereas the establishing shots are are... There's not much happening in the frame, but you can you can grasp it and it looks great. Yeah. So yeah, I think a five. I think There's five some, is also good for me. Yeah. Uh, effect. Four. I don't know. I'm so lukewarm about this movie. It's like there's nothing that it did super well for me. I it had like no effect. No effect. I mean, it was. I like I said, the worst worst World War Two movie I think I've ever seen. Uh, I mean. Other than ones that are t- intentionally trying to be bad, which I don't even know, like 
you ever hear of Iron Sky? No. Okay, it's kind of like a, not really meant to be taken super seriously, but it's about like Nazis who go to the moon and were there for the last 70 years and now they're coming oh. back and they invade. Yeah, so I, would, I, don't know I would that, not take that very seriously. No, and I mean, th- there's a sequel to it and Hitler's riding a T-Rex in the center of the earth, so... I don't know. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I don't know how to how to explain explain that more than that. But uh anyways, yeah, so other than maybe Iron Sky, this is probably probably one of the, probably the worst World War II movie I've ever seen. Yeah, for so. effect, honestly, I'll probably give this a 6 okay. because I did enjoy watching this a lot of the time, honestly. Um there are a lot of and like I mentioned, I I like how it paid tribute to the actor, the actual real life heroes, and I, and and I think that was something that works very well. It's something that Dunkirk doesn't do because it doesn't really fit with what Dunkirk's trying to do. Aren't the people they're f- focusing on though it, also characters? They're not like real people. I mean, they're like they're pretty much all. I think it, they, I think everyone here was was a was a real life person. I mean, because all the actors were they showed at the end had they showed the picture of the real life person. Mm. Oh, okay. And I think that as as a tribute to these real real people and kind of telling their stories um, and trying to do that in 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 a broader in a broader scope, but I think it allows them to talk about to to tell the stories of more people. And I think that's not necessarily a bad thing, and I and I enjoy it a lot of it. And like I said, the the individual elements of this, for the most part, work very well. And I think it's just when you start to put those into the whole, and as far as like an overall experience, and and the way those things transition between each other. Because I think when you're when you're watching it, it's good, and then it's it stops, and then it, it's a lot of filler, and then you get to another part that's enjoyable, and so that just like the overall pace of the movie. But then again, like looking back on it as a whole and the way it kind of functions, it just kind of falls apart. But I think as far as effect and as far as much as much as I enjoyed it and kind of the way, I think six is six might be fair. Okay, well this is gonna be towing the line there, right at like around fifty. I think it's gonna be in the high forties from way we've stored this so far six being the highest score it's gotten today. yeah so but yeah that nothing, be the, nothing's that be been below score. four though that's what's weird about it yeah so it's we're very tight yeah. we're very tight on that this so very, it's gonna be like very a, similar scores today uh so our overall score is a 47 out of 100 which makes it 47 which makes it our lowest, lowest rated movie to date yep which i can i mean i don't know to me, it's not the worst movie we've ever watched. Yeah, same with and me. And same with you. But it's just that we is, both disliked it to a certain degree. Yeah, uh, and we both disliked it about the same amount, about it seems. About the same amount, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's just funny. Um, I mean, we haven't we haven't reviewed a movie that both of us have hated yet, really. Not, like, absolutely hated. I mean, this was watchable. More watchable Right, it was watchable, and that's why I gave than, it a six, honestly. Like, yeah. I, this was more watchable to me than than Princess Bride, but it wasn't. Oh, <laughs> I would watch Princess Bride probably a hundred times before I watch this again. And you'd probably watch Frozen too, okay? Gideon, I, would, I would not. I would also. I would watch Princess Bride two hundred times before I watch Frozen, Frozen. two again. <laughs> you know, I I was actually at work the other day, and they had six theaters dedicated to frozen two for its opening i was yeah. like you gotta be kidding no, frozen man. two is doing pretty good business it's I, like looking at a 130 million dollar opening weekend it's looking pretty solid right oh now. my god yeah hey, i mean when you when your original broke a billion worldwide mm-hmm. you're you're gonna have some semblance of success on that, the other that end makes it, the mouse happy regardless of how well how how good your movie is i, I it's not terrible it's just pretty meh throughout <laughs> it but um anyways yeah, we just jumped from midway to frozen there, but midway to frozen. <laughs> yep, but no, it it wasn't unbearable to watch. It's just it can be just 
really tough to watch. Like, like I said, if you want a better midway, you mean? Yeah, yeah. It, it's just because it's, it's like, so much it's filler. I think. I think it's the and filler. It's filler and because the filler, like, it's just so hard to sit through. Because like, when if you had just the action scenes in this, and you found a way to transition between them better, I think you'd have a much more tolerable movie. Because you're you're not going to be sitting through all this stuff that you just don't care about. It felt like there were five of, different directors, right? Well, regardless of how how much how well you feel that the individual scenes work, they're at least they're at least working to a certain degree. Whereas the stuff in between, it just feels like it's there just to fill a two. And this movie's two and a half hours long too. So like, I don't even know yeah. why you need that because you're, you've obviously got a feature length movie. You've got, I mean, I think there's enough material. Like I said, there's enough material here for probably a, a TV series or at least a TV mini series. You're absolutely right. But it just feels like that stuff. It, there's they, no interesting character work being done in there either. It goes back to again, like when with action movies, the most effective way to do character development is by having them take action. Yeah, they should have done this as rather a TV than talking show. to each yep. other. They should have done this as a TV show, not a movie. He's he's easily there. They they should have done that. They could have given this everybody the time they needed to establish who they were, what their motivations are. Half these people you don't even know their motivation or what their name is. Right. Well, I mean, that's something you can do with TV shows. You can make it more dialogue. I mean. Depends on what type of TV show you're doing, obviously. But I think a war. I'm not, if you try I'm not to saying there's anything wrong story. with. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with developing your characters through dialogue. And even even with an action movie, you can still do that. There are, there are some action movies that do that very well. I'm just saying this is the type of movie that feels like it should lean more towards the side of telling its care, developing its characters through their actions rather than their dialogue. And but there is definitely a time and place for action for a character to, to be developed through dialogue in action movies it just doesn't seem like this is what this movie's trying to accomplish and the best way to accomplish that mm. okay well i think that pretty much summarizes it uh so a 47 out of 100 from us here at script to screen we will be uh talking about uh what is it the new mr rogers movie coming out pretty soon I think probably after the break because we're not gonna, next week you got Thanksgiving so yeah so after the break we're gonna be talking about a beautiful day in the neighborhood and then when 1917 comes out for sure we're gonna be doing that one so yeah. a lot of good ones coming up pretty soon but thank you for listening you're listening to 90.3 WRST FM Oshkosh this was script to screen and coming up next is film spotting.